Before we get started, a quick note. My guest today is Tom Ruprecht. He's written a great book called This Would Drive Him Crazy, A Phony Oral History of J.D. Salinger. During the podcast, we talk about it a bunch, a little bit, not too much, the right amount. But one thing that we have incorrect is we said that the book is out Tuesday, August 27th. That's not true. It's out today, August 26th, Monday. So if you want it, you can get it right this second. Also, this episode of It's That Episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan for a free audio download and a month free. Why not do it? Let's get to the show. Well, it's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment. We watch any TV show they choose. We watch it, we talk about it, and we talk about a bunch of other crap. Today, I'm very excited. My guest is Tom Ruprecht, who is a, a writer for a long time on Late Show with David Letterman, and he has a uh, book coming out called This Would Drive Him Crazy. A Phony Oral History of J.D. Salinger, which is out August 27th on Amazon Kindle. Welcome, Tom. Uh, thank you very much, Craig. It's great to be here. Thank you for coming. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I feel like since you have the book coming out now, we should, uh, you should, we should talk about it a little bit. Okay. Um, it's, uh, as, as you may know, J.D. Salinger... Great writer, wrote The Catcher in the Rye. Heard of him. The big, the, the big hook with him is he was a recluse. He wrote The Catcher of the Rye, and then he moved up to New Hampshire, and, and never, you know, he, he was silent for, whatever, 40 years, and then he died. And, and so there's a great deal of mystery surrounding him. Uh, and so I heard that in September, they're coming out with a, a big mammoth biography about him, and Harvey Weinstein's releasing a, a big documentary about him. So there's going to be all sorts of secrets revealed, and uh, uh, I imagine that the first week of September there'll be a great wave of Salinger publicity. And so I thought I would try to uh, leech on to this <laughs> by, by writing a, a, a fake oral history of J.D. Salinger. So life. you're just like all the leeches that tried to get to J.D. Salinger. Exactly. And write- <laughs> <laughs> um, when you were writing this book, did you? Because um, there isn't. He was a total recluse. Yes. Like there's yeah. not a lot of there's stuff on lot, him. Yeah. So it, so did you? Were you able to do any research? Or was it just like totally? I read a. Uh, a there's a guy who wrote a, a Kenneth Slanowski. I'm screwing up his last name, but he, he doesn't deserve to be recognized. <laughs> anyway. He wrote uh, J.D. Salinger, A Life, which I, I was really impressed that he got as much information as he did. He there were enough like details. Like like one thing that shocked me is uh, so he's so Salinger he moves up to the woods and he and yet you know it, it's. Like, if you've read The Catcher in the Rye, like, he hates phonies, you know, and he hates sort of the materialistic age and da 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 da, da. But this guy points out that he, um, you know, during the 40 years, he dated and married and everything. And the way he would get women is he would write fan letters to women he kind of saw. And so, like, like he dated this woman in the early 80s who was on a, a show called Mr. Merlin. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? And so I looked it up on YouTube, and Mr. Merlin was just this asinine early 80s show about um, the, the, the wizard Merlin, who is now working as a grease monkey in a uh, San Francisco auto shop. And uh, 
What? That is so strange. And, and so this woman is like, was the blonde bimbo on the show, and apparently JD Salinger is watching Mr. Merlin in his cabin in the woods, and like writes her a letter, and is like, and they start dating. That is so amazing. Yeah. So he's just watching like every all this crap on yeah. TV. Yeah. Well, because he didn't re- release anything like since right when he. So he had a lot 19, of time. 1965 was the last thing he published. And, you know, everyone thought that he was just living this, you know, monastic life and writing poetry or whatever, you know, or writing these books that, you know, he were too precious to be read by, you know, the great unwashed. And meanwhile, he's watching Mr. Merlin. That is. <laughs> and not only writing, watching it, but then writing letters to try to, like, you know, doing b- virtual booty calls to try to get these. Uh, God, I wonder how many letters he wrote to to women like that. Well, well, actually, a big one chapter of my book is sort of. Uh, what I imagine to be the, the letters that didn't work, <laughs> you know, like kind of his letters to, you know, you know, Pamela Anderson, Onassis, you know, just pretty much every woman who was big over the last 30 years. They had to exist because I feel like a Mr. Merlin letter yeah. is like much, there's got to be some higher that's, like reaches yeah, for him. That's not your only letter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's just such a fan of Mr. Merlin that exactly. he's like, I, this if, is it. This is the only letter I'm going to write. If you're writing Elaine Joyce, a C-level at best star, you know. But she married him. When she, she or they, she did they, they dated, dated. For like two years. He there was another woman who um uh Joyce Maynard who right. who mm-hmm. wrote, actually came out with a book about him a couple years ago. But so she was a freshman at Yale. She was 18 years old and she wrote a piece for the New York Times magazine called like an 18-year-old looks back at life. And they put her cover this is early 70s. They put her picture on the cover of New York Times magazine and she was like, you know, a really attractive 18-year-old uh, girl. Yeah. And J.D. Salinger at the time was a, I believe, 53-year-old man. And so he likes what he sees, and so J.D. Salinger writes her a letter. And uh, and within a year, she had dropped out of Yale and was living with him. <laughs> He's the ultimate awesome creep. Yeah. He's a creep <laughs> in a great way. But like but like it's so counter to what I thought the guy yes, was. Yeah. You know? So it's Yeah, you think of him like just writing in a like his own tome for himself and like burning it right before he died or something exactly. like that. Yeah. But and he's like, just you know, this guy was just like a total horn dog. So so it was it was kinda like that gave me a jumping off point, and then I felt like there was then a lot of empty spaces about his life that you could then fill in the blanks. So you basically created like a character yes. of J.D. Salinger. As this lecherous recluse who is, you know, yeah. Well, it sounds amazing. I hope that you leeching off of the actual <laughs> thing will uh, give you the, the blood and nutrients that you need. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, it sounds really funny. I'm excited to yeah. check it out. Well, I mean, like, I always hate, like, you know, when you're in the bookstore and you see, like, the Fifty Shades of Grey parody, right? The the Fifty uh, Glades of like, Pay, or something. I always, I always think like, oh man, what a jerk! <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I guess the fact that it's a bad JD Sounder, I feel like uh, I feel like that's a level above. And also, yeah. I know you personally, so I know you're a nice guy. Yeah. So I can vouch for you. Yeah. I and also I feel like the fact that like. This is coming out actually before, right? The, yes, it's know? not like it's not like this was you're doing the Twilight like exactly. after it's the biggest thing. Exactly, this I, is your. I feel like I get credit for. That. Yeah, you. I didn't. I haven't even heard about the book or the the documentary that's yeah. coming out. So like you've done a little bit of research, research. at very least. Yeah. So you, you this is valid. Right. This is valid. Thank I'm you. giving you. I'm <laughs> fully. I fully support it, okay. and I'm excited about it. I'd love to read it. Okay. Um. Uh. And I've read Catcher in the Rye so. twice. 
in fact, once I read it, I read it in high school, of course. Yeah. I feel like yeah. everybody sort of has to. Yeah. And then I was when I was an intern on a TV show in college, I just sort of decided to read it again, just sure. to sort of revisit it. And I was reading it on set, and people thought, like, I was weird because it has that... You're it, this creepy loner who... Yeah, <laughs> like, well, because it has that, like, connotation of, like, uh, 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 Mark David, Ch- exactly. Mark yeah, David yeah, yeah, yeah. Chapman who yeah. killed uh, yeah. uh, John, John Lennon. Lennon. That he had, and the, and then four months later, uh, John Hinckley Jr., who shot oh, right, Reagan, right. They, he shoots Reagan, and the FBI, you know, goes into his hotel room, and he's got a copy of Catcher in the Rye right there. And and in the movie Conspiracy Theory with yes. Mel Gibson, yes. every time anybody buys the book Catcher in the Rye, it goes to like a database <laughs> where, where like this person might be a killer, yeah, which is yeah, such yeah. an amazing conspiracy theory. So, so that's that's actually another part of my book is that like when the Mark David Chapman and John Hinckley Jr. things happen, Salinger uh, starts hounding his literary agent that we we really need to target this towards so- sociopaths, <laughs> you know, like we really we need to get this book out there to. That's to Crazy funny. people like this is an audience that is untapped. It's genius. It's oh. genius, and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean Mark David Chapman is hilarious, and I feel like I've t- I've talked about him recently on this podcast too. Um, really? Yeah, I, f- I can't remember why, but he definitely came up, and I don't think I could remember his name fully. He, um, he I just I you know I was googling him while I was writing this book, and like he was. I mean, I guess this is no surprise, but he was a passionate fan of the Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> yeah. Like, like after he shoots him, so he shoots John Lennon, and then he he pulls out the Catcher in the Rye, and he's just leaning against the wall of the Dakota Hotel when the cops show up, just reading the Catcher in the Rye. And so they take the book, and they and he points to the opening page where he's written uh, this, underlined this, like this is my statement, and he's signed it, Holden Caulfield, Mark David Chapman, <sighs> and then he's in jail. And he writes a letter to the New York Times basically saying to the New York Times, the whole reason I did this is I'm trying to get some attention for the Catcher in the Rye. And <laughs> I really want people oh to read my that book. God. like, wow. That's so frightening. I wonder what J.D. Salinger, like, because no matter what, that even he's a recluse, he's watching Mr. Merlin. Well, they, he knows uh, yeah, that. Yeah, they, they, know. We, we now interrupt <laughs> Mr. Merlin from news from New York. <laughs> John Lennon has been shot. God, that's got to affect you, like, yeah. really harshly. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, that pretty be. devastating. Yeah. Um, although J.D. Salinger did hate the Beatles, and that's he hated <laughs> he hated, he hated Lennon's solo work, so that's it's right. not like... And he was uh, desperately in love with Yoko Ono. Yeah, was exactly. always writing her letters. Yeah. It's like, oh, you do some weird art, and I saw you on Mr. Merlin all also, yeah, she was, of course, famously in one episode. Yoko, you're single again. So what? Uh... I can imagine if if you murdered somebody, then you, after that, lean up against the wall and start reading a book. How? focused you could be on the book because when i'm like on the subway reading i'm so easily distracted by anything how like i wonder how deep his reading was in that moment yeah i would yeah i would find myself if i if i had just shot a beetle i would have trouble focusing so why don't you um tell us what show you decided to watch today it is uh swat which there was a movie a couple years ago yeah with colin firth Firth? or colin 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 Farrell, yeah. yeah, Colin, yeah. <laughs> the King's Speech was based on <laughs> the King's Speech was based Colin, on SWAT. Colin Firth would have been a different movie. Yeah, Colin Farrell and was it James uh, uh, Samuel Jackson? Yeah, yeah, Samuel yeah, yeah. Jackson. Um, so I did not see the movie, and I have not watched SWAT, the TV show, in probably thirty years. I, I just I have very fond memories of watching it, like when I was like five years old, and. Um, 
I love the opening theme, and like there is nothing in this world that has made me happier than that song when I was five years old. Like that was so cool. So I did a little bit of research. This show was on. There were two seasons in seventy five, seventy six. It only ran for about a year. Yeah. But that theme song, which I listened to earlier, was a, a number one hit. <laughs> Which is like pretty amazing. Yeah. That's I don't know if that happens as much anymore. I mean, there aren't as many theme songs, but that's right. uh, incredible that this was a number one hit. And also, there. If I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are no words in the. I, also, I don't think so. I yeah, listened to the song in 30 years, but I, I think it's just purely instrumental. Which I, is- there, I watched. I watched the theme or listened to it. There are definitely sound effects, which I assume are from like trucks driving yeah. around. But there, but there was no. Yeah, there are no lyrics to it. Which that's also weird. That like an instrumental would be number one. You know, like yeah, it's. That's pretty crazy. That would not happen now, I don't, I don't yeah. think. And, uh, it, and it also surprises me that it was only on a year or two seasons because, like, I know for a fact I had, like, SWAT action figures. And it just seems that, like, it's weird that the show was successful enough to have action figures but obviously didn't do... Very- and that also was before, like... Star Wars, where action figures yeah. were like the way to make money, so yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, this yeah. must have been a big enough hit where yeah. they were like they decided to tie yeah. it in. I could be wrong, but like just the things I remember from I don't know how long ago is this seventy six thirty five years ago. Can't whatever. do math. Okay, thirty thirty seven. Yeah, yeah um, obviously I love the theme song. Um, the, the the there was a sh- one of one of the the SWAT gang was uh, his name was TJ and he was the uh, the sharpshooter, so he would like always hang out on the roof and uh, uh, he would always turn his uh, baseball cap backwards to, uh-huh. to help him like get an angle. So I always thought that was really cool. And then uh, one of the guys, I think the captain, his name was Hondo. Yes. So, yeah, yep. When I was. You know, a five-year-old or six-year-old, you know, that just seemed like such a cool name, you know, Hondo. Hondo is pretty cool name. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the episode that you chose, you decided to watch because you had a memory of that it was a, there was a guest star. I, I had somehow remembered or had heard at some point that Farrah Fawcett was on one, so I, I just looked up that title, or you, and I told it you. And I, you I, Googled, I Googled Farrah Fawcett, so the name of it, it's episode 10 of season one of SWAT, and the t- title is called the steel plated security blanket (laughs) and then rather in the synopsis which is on itunes rather than mentioning maybe that farrah fawcett is in it which is probably i'd assume one of the more notable things to happen on the tv show it just the synopsis is just swat versus an armored car yes that's it (laughs) that's like that's all you need to know my friend that's and and which means you don't need to know anything about it's it's swat versus normal but i also see it's released uh january 1st 1975 i don't know if that was if wow just kind of a generic date or if this truly was a new year's day man special episode man i'm trying to think of what the turn of that year would be like to watch this for the very first time (laughs) you're hungover from the night before you're four years old or five years old that's right i was that was i do remember that uh, or let's say i don't remember oh right what up (laughs) i did once when i was a child um I don't know if there we had a New Year's party or something, but I drank a lot of um, what's that like sparkling cider, uh-huh. and I did throw up because I drank too much of the nice. sparkling cider. Nice, so nice, nice. I was pretty hardcore when I was yeah. a kid. I was at um, we like a wedding I think when I was like six, and I ran around to some tables and drank like you know half half filled drinks and got drunk. And wow. Yeah, and that was sort of a running joke in the family for a long time about, you know, oh, the six-year-old alcoholic. And now, 
they're not so much jokes. It's more just the sad. <laughs> they're like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, Uncle Tom, the 44-year-old alcoholic. Well, now, because of that, did you when did you start drinking earlier? In your, because you had already had that one experience where you, like... No. I, I, I think I was relatively average to tame through high school. And then, and then went bananas in college. Then you just just chugged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chugged beers. Yeah. Chugging beers rules. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why don't we uh, check out SWAT Season 1, Episode 10, The Steel-Plated Security Blanket. Gather around, everybody. I just got an unusual call. An armored car was taken last night. How big a score? It wasn't carrying any cash. What'd they take? Just the armored car. Well, why us? Why not auto theft? It can be used a lot of ways. For one thing, an armored car makes one hell of a lethal weapon. Well, that makes it our baby. The department's never faced a thing like this before. We're going to have to figure out a way to neutralize it. McCabe, I want you to check with the armored car company. Get a list of all the components in that vehicle. Yes, sir. Do we have any leads on who took it? Not yet. What we do know is that whoever took it wanted it badly enough to kill for it. A quick reminder that today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com, the leading provider of audiobooks with over 150,000 titles. You can get uh, J.D. Salinger's biography, J.D. Salinger, A Life by Kenneth Slowenski, narrated by Norman Dietz. Uh, at audible.com for free with a 30-day trial if you go to audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan, C-R-A-I-G-R-O-W-I-N. Get that book. Get one of our 150 other thousand books that you want, but on me. Just do it. Why not? Use it. Be a, be a, be a reader, but through the ears. Be a re- ear reader. Don't you want to? I do. All right. Let's get back to the show. All right, we just swatted it up. Oh yes, we did. <laughs> that was uh, that was really fun. Yeah, it was like a, it felt like your classic nineteen seventies. It really action show. It, it felt like the opening credits really felt to me like um, uh, this is what uh, the Beastie Boys sabotage. sabotage video. That's exactly it, what I was thinking. This is parodying. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It it's such the classic. Intro. I mean, it's amazing them jumping over like uh, you know barriers and yeah. it pauses and on their name and <laughs> like yeah. jumping ju- through windows for no reason. Yes, that was the best. The guy just dives through a window. Yeah, you know, there's a door right there, and it's an obvious stunt double. And the other, the actor jumps <laughs> up. Um, yeah, it was like it was just the perfect '70s cop show. Yeah, uh, in every way, like through the uh, like comedy relief throughout it yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. It just felt very, uh, very classic, and had a lot of classic '70s stars. Well, we noticed obviously Farrah Fawcett was in it. Yes, uh, uh, Lonnie Anderson, later of WKRP in Cincinnati. Uh, she was uh, played Miss Texas as to Farrah Fawcett's Miss New Mexico. And I will bet you. Thousand dollars that both Farrah Fawcett and Lonnie Anderson received letters from J.D. Salinger. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes, definitely. They were they were acting this. I have to assume was at least slightly better than Mr. Merlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was. So, why don't we just go basically over the the basic plot of the episode? <laughs> yes, uh, if we will, and. Um, Basically, it's it opens up with a heist happening. Yes, 
And it's a couple, three criminals. Yes. And they're hijacking the infamous armored, armored car. Armored car. The steel security blanket. The st- <laughs> what a weird name for the episode. <laughs> steel security blanket. Like, yeah. They could have mentioned the Miss America. Pa- like, yeah, I feel like, yeah. why not? I don't yeah. know. Steel. I don't know. I, I can't so, think of yes. anything. So they, they steal an armored car, but there's a Miss, there's a Miss America contest going on. Or, sorry, Miss American. Miss American, yeah. not to be confused with the copyrighted Miss America. America yes. So the, the people, the th- the criminals who steal the armored car, they're three men and one woman. And their caper, in the first scene, they steal an armored car. And then for the rest of the episode, the SWAT team is trying to find the armored car because they assume that because an armored car was stolen, that something big is going to happen in the yeah. city. Uh, yeah. Because an armored car can be used as a weapon. It's like, yeah. you know, it's a dangerous thing I for was, a criminal to have. I was surprised by sort of how intimidated they were by the armored car. Like how much of a doomsday device they saw this as. Yeah, it was. The, the second they heard an armored car was stolen, they're like, yep. we have to go on high alert. They mentioned that like um, some political the person... The Secretary of State was coming to town. Yeah, they, they might be involved with that. They mentioned an El Al plane yeah. that was <laughs> that would be taking off the next day as if like El Al, I assume, has in the 70s had many flights. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, There's yeah. not yeah, just one, one flight, flight to Israel worry. a yeah. year. Um, <laughs> like as if they take it as a potential terrorist threat that yeah. this... Like it really had the modern day equivalent like of a dirty bomb. Or, yeah, you know, exactly. Like was, uh, like WMD, yeah, something... Like this thing is on the loose and we can't sleep until it is yeah yeah until it's taken care of so so while they're searching for it uh, and they're doing their duty as SWAT team members the um one of the SWAT team members fiancés is a publicist yes working at a beauty pageant the Miss American the Miss American <laughs> beauty pageant where there is million dollar jewels yes the the crown and the scepter yes are worth a million dollars yes. it turns out that those are the jewels that the uh, the criminals with the armored car are want, want. yes uh, so somehow the police officer who's hanging out you know, feet away from the million dollar jewels isn't able to make that connection that, you know, oh, maybe this is what the. Yeah, there's just like, it, there's a lot of. I'm hanging on to this undersecretary of state. <laughs> yeah, they, they never. They, it's It takes them a while to connect all of the dots. But yeah. then. Weirdly, they yes, quickly but- connect the dots. So, um, so later in the episode, when the uh, caper is to begin to steal the jewels, the woman's role, the woman criminal's role, is to um, pretend she is injured. Pretend she got hit by the. By another, another armored, armored car. car. <laughs> There's oh, so many armored cars. So Basically, this is so confusing. This is unnecessarily confusing. <laughs> oh, but I picked a horrible episode. No, no, it's great. They, they, the criminals paint their armored car to look like a different armored car. Yes. And the cr- woman criminal jumps in front of an armored car. And while that is out of commission because of the accident, yeah. they use the, the stolen armored car to run its route to get the jewels. Right, exactly. So when the man from Morton's armored car calls the SWAT team. Which, by the way, Morton's is... They are very good. Yeah, yeah. this is... No matter how they are construed in this episode, (laughs) Morton's armored car is one of... I'd say top five armored car... I've had nothing but positive experiences when I've used them. Yeah, all of my jewels have been uh, very well kept. 
And uh, so I love that in the episode they're like um, – they call every armored car place and they say if anything weird happens, call the SWAT team. Yes. So the guy from Morton says, uh, so you told us to call. Something happened. One of our drivers, who's a great driver, was in an accident. He hit a woman. Yeah. Does that – I just want to let you know. And yeah. then the head of the SWAT team immediately connects to that. He's like, oh, they pulled a switcheroo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, Let's roll. You know? Yeah, and they immediately go, like, they put all their eggs in one basket. Exactly. It's like, all right. Meanwhile, the Undersecretary of State is left naked. <laughs> you know, like, anyone could have grabbed him. Well, what surprised me, too, is I don't know what SWAT teams were like in the 70s, and uh, but... There are only like six people on the SWAT team. Yes. What is a SWAT? A SWAT team is a tactical unit. Well, you know what? I'm going to – I'm gonna. the best answer I can give you is what I remember to be the um, tagline of the poster when SWAT the movie came out. Uh-huh. It was uh, when SWAT is what shows up when the police call 911. Whoa. Yeah. Is that really the tagline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great yeah. tagline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like – a SWAT team is not just, it's like a big unit. I mean, even if there are yeah. five main characters of the show, I feel like when they would show up, there'd be like, in movies, when the SWAT team comes, there are like 60 guys. Exactly, yeah. It seems like, a, like, I know the SWAT team is elite, but this seemed a little too elite. Like, yeah. Like, there's only six guys, really? And they're so elite, but at every shot where they go to the SWAT <laughs> unit, Office, offices, yeah. they're just sitting at their desks. Yeah. Which, I don't know how you felt, but that, that to me was a sort of sobering uh, reminder of like what life was like before computers you know like like there was they sit down to the desk there's nothing on the desk yeah there's a phone and they like make phone calls or look at right yeah. on paper they're, but just without computers there's not much to do you know like there <laughs> it's true but it is weird because well there was just this thing that let's make this topical although this will be airing later okay. So let's make this not topical. Kind of topical. But uh, there was this thing uh, that went around the internet this week that, like, of cops taking selfies. You know, selfies are like, uh, you know, pictures of your. I don't know why they're called selfies, but of their of of them and posting them on Facebook in their uniforms, like on duty. Really, which is like you have to assume in some regards, police. It's getting watered down how good people are because I see when when cops are driving, I see the guy in the passenger seat looking at their well, cell phones. This and is stuff. interesting. I, I haven't seen those selfies, but um, a couple weeks ago, first off, I have to ask you: uh, 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 Can we swear? Yes, you okay. can. Please, right. you okay. can. You can fucking swear <laughs> all you want. Yeah, <laughs> chug beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was at Starbucks doing some writing, and I was wearing my headphones. And there was a, a police officer in uniform sitting right across the table from me, and he was wearing a lot of cologne. And the whole time, you know, for like a half hour, he was just on his cell phone, doing whatever. Um, then two other officers show up and sit down next to him. So. One officer sitting down next to the cologne guy and one sitting next to me. The guy sitting next to me doesn't talk at all. The, 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 guy, the other guy sitting next to the cologne guy, big bravado cop guy. And so I kind of turn down the volume on my iPod just so I can hear what they're talking about. And it, it, it turns out that the, this guy was doing online dating. That's what he was like, you know, doing all on his cell phone. And his buddies who sit next to him is also big in the online dating. So they're going on trading war stories about that. And, uh, like, just swapping stories about, like, 
sleeping with women and then not calling them and did it and like like loudly the one guy is saying like you know hey it's her fault man she should know cops are assholes <laughs> and then at another point he said hey i'm not responsible for my actions you know they're in uniform you know so then uh, uh the guy who's wearing a lot of cologne it, it it comes out that he's freshly divorced and that's why he's on the on the dating scene and and it was an ugly divorce i'm picking up that like he was he was wronged in some way. He was burned. He was burned, you know, and so he's he's sensitive and everything. So Mr. Bluster uh, gets real serious, and he says to the guy, hey, let me ask you something. I heard that you walked in on your wife with another woman. And the guy goes, what? What the hell are you talking about? Where'd you hear that? Where'd you hear that? And he goes, hey, 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 hey. I heard you walked in on your wife with another woman, at which point cop number three who wasn't said a word says, yeah, 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 I heard that too. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so the cop is kind of defending himself, saying, no, I walked in on her with another man. And that, that as if that was better. Right. And it was, was, you know, really wow, trying to convince them, no, 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 she's not a lesbian. And they're just, like, talking. Talking loudly in Starbucks. That is really strange. Very strange. Wait, so if you're – this is a question because in the episode – uh, of SWAT, they're they're in their uniform and they go out to lunch, yes. like in uniform. Yeah, but if so, they're your your guys are at Starbucks. Like, yeah. are they're still on duty though? Yeah, right, yeah, even yeah. though they're like having lunch, they're yeah, on duty, duty cops. Yeah. yeah. So like he's online dating <laughs> and they're having this conversation. Like, yeah, that's really. I I mean, they're just people, obviously. <laughs> like that. Like obviously, everybody is just people but like doesn't that badge make it like maybe i should have some sort of yeah 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 yeah. i shouldn't say cops are assholes when i'm in uniform yeah Yeah. that's like a really strange thing and it has to i mean it has to affect like the fact that he's on like there could have been a a, let's say somebody must have stolen something at that starbucks while while they were doing this right as 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 they were kind of sitting there bsing about online dating Somebody out there was shooting somebody because of Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Someone was killing someone. <laughs> That's so amazing. That is also the conversation you heard is like a, co- a fake conversation from a movie. Like that does exactly. not actually. When when cop number three who hasn't said a word says, "Yeah, yeah," I said that, it was like I was like I'm sitting in a David Mamet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so incredible. Right yeah, it was pretty good, um, but not as good as the writing of Fred Freeberger. Yes, who wrote? So we looked up that Fred Freeberger wrote this episode SWAT. of SWAT, and he is uh, sort of a. Uh, he's written for a ton of stuff. He, yes. from 88 to 89, he wrote six episodes of The Adventures of Superboy, uh-huh. uh, which I've never heard of. He wrote an episode of Dukes of Hazard, multiple episodes of Starsky and Hutch, The Six Million Dollar Man, uh-huh. Space 1999, uh-huh. SWAT, of course, Super Friends. Uh, when, when was Superboy on? Superboy was 88, 89. Okay, that, that during that time... I believe it or not, I have a Superboy story. Really? <laughs> <Yes>. What? <laughs> I, am, I am Mr. Anecdote today. That is incredible. Uh, but it's not much of a story. But anyway, I, 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 it was probably 1989. I walked into a Kentucky Fried Chicken, and the woman at the register said, oh, my God, it's Superboy. <laughs> And, and I went. I, I'm not Superboy. And she, I need to look at this she picture. She insisted that I was Superboy, and uh, she said, "Yes, you are." Last week, you flew into a soccer stadium. What? 
This is Superboy. This is what he looks like. We're looking at a picture. He of looks Superboy. nothing like me. You, I would not say you look we like. We both him. have dark hair. That's and it. he is the actor is Gerard Christopher yeah. who plays Superboy. Yeah. Um, that is amazing that you have a Superboy story. Yeah. But this guy Fred. Friedberg, I mean, other than the red cape I was wearing and the blue right. tights, I don't know what she. Was. And you you walked around with a fake word bubble that said <laughs> I am Superboy. <laughs> Um, but this guy, Fred Freeberg, yeah. he wrote uh, the storyline. He wrote for new Scooby-Doo movies in 72. <laughs> he wrote a story, the story for an episode of All in the Family. Uh, the Fugitive. I mean, he wrote... Yeah. So it's interesting because... Like, today, you don't you don't jump from, like, drama to comedy. And- yeah, it feels like... Um, and this reminds me, I watched an episode of... Uh, Kolchak, the Night Stalker, which was the yeah. sa- same era. Yes, and that was written. Episode was written by David Chase, who wrote really? Sopranos. Uh, like just randomly, watch episode by David Chase. But it feels li- like in in the seventies, writers sort of jumped around a yeah. little bit more. Like it was, yeah. I don't know, you weren't specialized. Yeah, why that would be though? But it seems like you sort of like once you get a script in the door, you're yeah. sort of like in Hollywood. In yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it yeah. feels like that a little yeah. bit. And also, like you you pointed out, like it's amazing how much dead air there was, and and it's 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 true. Like you know, there would there would. You know, it would be 15 seconds before someone started talking. Yeah, they just show a shot of the restaurant where the SWAT team is meeting for lunch, and then it just pans, follows a waiter, and then just... Which today would just get edited out, and... And it's just like I don't understand why it took like 30 years for people to realize that oh oh if there's 15 seconds where nothing's happening we should cut that out you know? yeah and make use it to tell the story a little yeah. bit more but it is fascinating like it definitely has that feel like there are a lot of moments where they'd say something and then the reaction shots were like four seconds long of them sort of like <gasps> yeah. and then like looking to the person next to yeah, them the other yeah. person going like <gasps> and looking to the next person yeah. it's it definitely has that feel like it, i it's just that palpable 70s yes. feel yes the the episode could have been it was it was the episode's 15 minutes it could have easily been 13 but you know yeah that's true but you know real i mean like nowadays if it's a full hour it would be 44 minutes because they're more commercial so that's six minutes of dead air i bet that's probably you can probably relate that yeah dead air to the to to you're getting six more minutes of commercial which is uh, to me more enjoyable yes yes (laughs) Yes. definitely want to hear about uh you know yogurt and whatever um i i was also thinking about like so you know i watched the show when i was five uh, five-year-olds today are—they're probably watching like Nickelodeon shows. Like, like they're not. There aren't yeah. are there shows like this around I, today I that kids are watching. That's interesting because well, they're definitely like I guess like CSI, but those are like but, at ten o'clock at night, not prime right. time. But, uh, e- but even like even cop shows today are sort of more procedural and and right law and or action. Yeah, yeah, this was definitely like. I mean, there wasn't. There was the big action. There, I'd say there were two action moments in the episode. One was when, well, in not including the the theme song, yeah. But there, one where they were prepping for the uh, the uh, the meeting up with the armored right. car, where they're testing their weapons against the armored car, and they're just shooting at an armored car, yeah. more or less. Yeah. And then the last one, which was. Um, I would say I was a little, little bit of a letdown. The it final was action scene, very anticlimactic. Yeah, the, very the, anticlimactic. What, ha- what happens is there's 
Do we even need to mention the switcheroo that happens? No. With the, for some reason, they throw in this thing of like the guy who owns the jewels is trying to steal the jewels, but yeah. like why they did that? Yeah. But um, anyway, the criminals take um, hostages, uh, which one is the SWAT guy's fiance and one is Farrah Fawcett. Fawcett. And then they have a showdown, but it's very anticlimactic. They just shoot paint at the windows. Yeah. It's really lame. And throw gas in it. In yeah. the armored car, and then they it's, shoot it's, one of the guys. It's like you've spent 46 minutes building up the armored car as just this killing device. And, like, you know, it's impenetrable. And then, and then oh, let's just splash some paint on the I, I thought the, the <laughs> test scene where they were testing it was more exciting. Yeah, there yeah more because they were actually fired. shooting bullets. Yeah. But, but to, I guess to go back to what you were saying about, uh, like, kids, to me, when we start watching this and the intro and everything, I was like, this is like every five-year-old's dream of a yeah. Like, I can imagine watching this as a kid and being yeah. like, oh, this is awesome. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's that sort of equivalent yeah. for a primetime show like this. Exactly. Because like, like, I was thinking, like, like, when I was five, I think friend, my friends and I, like, I think we played SWAT, you know? Like, right. I think we had some guns. Like, I mentioned the action figure, but I think we'd go outside with guns and, like, pretend we were the SWAT guys. And it's just like, do kids... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like... I'm, I, the thing is, even though I host a TV podcast, I don't watch... Like, I'm not, the, like, yeah. so current on what's happening yeah. on, like, primetime. Yeah. But I have to assume, like, you think of... I, I didn't see it, but, like... This is totally different, but action-wise, something like Sharknado, which was like, right. uh, even though that was a big hubbub for on the internet, I'm sure like five-year-old, like that's the perfect, like also a great for like a young kid to watch an, a sci-fi movie about like okay. sharks and tornadoes okay. or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I got the feeling, just I don't know, it just it just seemed like the only I felt like while t- while Sharknado was going on, yes, it just it, you know it was. On, on my Twitter feed, it was doing Super Bowl like numbers, like that's yes. all anybody was talking about. But I kind of felt like that's it's only adults watching it ironically and making jokes on Twitter. Like I don't know. If yeah, I, that is true. I wonder what like the because I think the numbers weren't that big. But, but I wonder what they are making. I think they are making well, yeah. a Sharknado too. Yeah, I think. But I think for the branding, it's nice to have anything that's a, a buzzword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> Sharknado is definitely probably one of those words from when when people like looking back at 2013. Yeah. Shark hashtag Sharknado yeah. was yeah was all the. Uh, uh, buzz on Twitter, exactly. you know, like, yeah. oh god, that's one where the title came first. Yes, yeah. you know, okay, here's what you have to write. Yes, um, so this this came out a year before uh, we looked it up. Uh, Charlie's Angels, where Farrah yes. Fawcett became sort of a superstar, biggest thing ever. Yeah, but um, in this, she's just she's sort of like the B store, you know, like yeah. she's uh, they give a lot of she's Miss New Mexico and she ends up winning. Miss American. Yes. But there's this whole plot, not plot line, but they keep sort of keep on mentioning that she wants stardom and she wants. Yeah. I was sort of confused as to whether or not we were supposed to like her or not. Like, like. Yes, exactly. Because it seemed like at times it would be like, oh, but maybe she, oh, she's just a small town girl and, and, you know, she's, she doesn't want the stardom. She's going to go back to the small town. That's the kind of interview all the girls were giving. I thought that's what you wanted down the line. No, not really. Why don't you just be honest? Mm. My mother always told me, honesty may fill your heart, but it doesn't do much for an empty stomach. (laughs) You've got a smart mother. Yes. You know, I was just curious. What is it that you really want? I want to turn my life around. 
I want to turn on to something more than Saturday night at the movies in Tucumcari, New Mexico. So that's why you entered this contest? What, to, to become a movie star? To marry a rich man? If I can, why not? I was lucky enough to be pretty, so why not use it to make people notice me? Oh, no one's going to pass you by. You're too beautiful. <laughs> My only exploitable commodity, right? Well, if it means never having to go back to Tucumcari, then maybe all the staring and whistling and being treated like meat on the hoof, maybe it was all worth it. Yeah, the, basically the the fiance of one of the SWAT members who's a publicist is taking photographs and has to interview her. She's like, so why do you want to do this? She's like, well, I want to be sort of – oh, she asked her, like, is it to be like maybe be a movie star or marry a rich person? She's yeah. like, why not? Why not use my looks yeah. to my, make my life better? Yeah. And the fiance is sort of like judgmental of it. Yeah. But then at the end when she says that she's going to like, – there's this whole thing of like, is she going to go back to small town New Mexico or and and just yeah, it's leading you in the direction of oh, from everything I've seen of of drama and and everything, it's just like oh yes, the character at this point will say yes, the small town is the way to go, and we will like the character. And, but and, but she's like no no no, I'm going to be a, a an enormous star. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's, it's weird. Like, oh, they also okay. like don't sh- they're like ooh, so what's it like to be a star now? They never show her being a star yeah. or like show yeah. her giving up her. A something that was related to the small town. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like in yeah. the what she says. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no longer small town. I am now a star. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very strange. Um, yeah, now, uh, do you know the the Farrah Fawcett poster? I know the classic, but I yeah. have to say that mostly it's because of it's featured in that '70s show, the uh, Farrah okay. Fawcett. But okay. that's a classic poster of her, sort of in like a maroonish, like red bathing red suit. Red bathing suit, yeah. A little nipply happen, yeah. happening, yeah. But but that that I feel like yeah, it was like a year later that Charlie's Angels came out, and I, I think that poster came out, and suddenly that was like the biggest thing in the world. And it was like I remember there were a lot of there were. People had T-shirts with the poster on, like an iron-on, right? And like kids would get kicked out of school for showing Whoa. up wearing the Farrah Fawcett T-shirt. Why? Because too too salacious. Yeah, too... yeah, yeah. Like the, the principal would kick the kid out, and like that was that was the big scandal of the day. Wow, that's when I really was a child. That was yeah. re- so. Did that happen in your school, or was that like yeah. the, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm like su- surprised that that I didn't ever. That's so funny. Also, that like. Uh, a poster would be a like a cultural touchstone right. whereas now i don't i don't know if it posters would. have that same well they don't and but but i think it gets back to there back then there was no cable there was no internet there was you know right. like like there was a lot again dead air for stuff like posters to fill you know yes. like there was a lot of boredom uh, in the mid, you could just look at a poster for an hour yeah. and that would be part of your day exactly yeah <laughs> Just, you know, there was no cable. There was, you know, there was only three channels. Uh, you know, it's just like something else had to fill the day. So you'd run around the yard playing SWAT and you'd... <laughs> now, did you know anybody who had the poster? Or I think I did not, but uh, one friend of mine did. Yeah. So cool yeah. dude? Yeah. Uh, oh, he had the poster. Was <laughs> Yes. Coolest guy in school. See, I wasn't. I I had I had some posters like uh, I had a Truman Show poster. Remember okay. that shows how awesome uh, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a Beastie Boys poster, but I wasn't allowed to 
to stick them on the wall. I could only put them on the door. I couldn't put it on the painted wall. I was always very upset about that. <laughs> did you Did you grow up in a college dorm? Like, yes. Yeah. They, they, the RA, wouldn't, RA, wouldn't, the let RA wouldn't let me. My mom wouldn't. It was a bummer. Did you have posters in your 70s posters in your room? I had a Greg Nettles poster who was the third baseman of the Yankees. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty that's good. That's the only poster I can remember having. I had at different points in my childhood uh, a Simpsons poster, Don't uh-huh. Have a Cowman. Okay. From like an 89, 90. Okay. When Don't Have a Cowman was a thing. Yeah. I had a Hulk Hogan poster at one point. Okay. I, I had a Wolverine from the X Men at one point. Okay. And then. And a uh, 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 Chicago Bulls three peat poster. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I wasn't like a Bulls you, fan, yeah, no, I was in, grew up in New York. Yeah. It was just like a cool, like Michael Jordan was cool. Right, it was yeah, a yeah. cool thing to have. It was because was it the first time they won three in a row? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So before he retired, and yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and uh, but yeah, posters. Now I got the Simon and Garfunkel poster yeah. on the wall. Yeah. Um, but I uh, I also remember the, the uh, around that same time I had. Greg Nettles of the Yankees. The shortstop of the Yankees was Bucky Dent. Mm-hmm. Sure, and he had a very big poster where he was, I believe, shirtless. He was he was sort of the hunky baseball player of the day. Uh, so he that's funny because now I'm remembering like um, Burt Reynolds. Yes, his now I don't know if that was a poster. Was that TV Guide or what? What was that? Or Playgirl or something? Like he had I, it was something like where a he naked, was naked on a bare, bare skin, skin rug. rug. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I don't think it was TV Guide. Like I think it was something yeah, I, more adult. I think you know what? I think um, for Anchorman, maybe they did a version parody. of like a parody yeah. that on a TV yeah, yeah, Guide yeah. or something. But yeah. that was like a. I guess posters were like a huge yeah thing thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and being in Playgirl was obviously the the <laughs> well, bee's knees. That just yeah, and that just seems odd uh, in today's day and age where. Uh, um, I can't imagine George Clooney's publicist saying like a leading man, yeah, yeah. saying like, "Oh, you know, you know, it would be good. Um, you should pose either for Playgirl or um, there's a magazine called Ten Inches." <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you should do some dirty male porn. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, very odd. And of course, wasn't Burt Reynolds married to Lonnie Anderson, yes. who's in this? Is that a famous marriage? That is a famous marriage. And I, I, I don't know if this is a famous marriage, but um, Farrah Fawcett, if you noticed, in she was actually credited as Farrah Fawcett Majors. Oh, I didn't. Lee she Majors? was married to Lee Majors. Was the six million dollar man? Wow, this is such a seventies yeah, yeah, yeah. time capsule. It is. Yeah, it really is. Um, I have to say, one of my favorite moments of the episode. I think we both enjoyed it very much. Was when the criminals are meeting in. Uh, they're drinking <laughs> low and brow beer. Yes, they're sort of having a reunion of some sort. Hey, Vince, how, how are you? Doing? How are you doing? Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Real. <laughs> beer just like it was in germany you know something you got some place here i guess you really knew how to hang out to your money well i'm just about tapped out you're kidding me do we nobody's jiving anybody what do you mean you too what about that big business you were going to start with the brothers in the ghetto well i started it the brothers finished it they wiped me out and all that money you guys pocketed they're talking about biz- the criminal business, and the black guy says uh, something. He says, nobody's jiving anybody, <laughs> like, like to make sure it's clear that he's black. Yeah. And then the white guy says to him, he goes, aren't you doing a new business with the brothers in the ghetto? <laughs> 
That's a line <laughs> yeah. written by Fred Freeberger. That that seems hard to believe that, uh, yeah, that was going on. But I, I was actually – I was talking to somebody yesterday. Um, so the first season of Saturday Night Live – there was a scene with Chevy Chase and Richard Pryor. Yeah, where he says cracker. And yeah, the, but, yeah they but I believe Chez, Chevy says the N-word. Yes, he does. Which, that, we were talking about that. Like, wow, that's weird that 1975, that was still okay. Like, well, what, what year did that become? It's interesting because it, I, for this podcast, for a live version, we watched a clip um, that Alana Glazer picked out. And it was from the 80s with Oprah on Saturday Night Live, and they hit race head-on, too. Yeah. And I don't think they say the N-word, but they do, um, like, more or less, like, as close as you could. And Lorne Michaels is in the sketch. (laughs) And it's like, this, yeah, it's weird, like, how... Yeah. That's... Be done. That cannot be done anymore. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's very... it's We're much more PC, I guess. Yeah. I mean... And that, that terrifies me just thinking, like... 20 years from now, I am sure there will be things that are not allowed that are okay right now, and I can see myself as being the old guy, <laughs> you know, like, as you're being cuffed. You know? Yeah. Like, wow, no, this was cool. You're allowed to do this. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what it is, but there's something that we do right now that's, that, I, that is fine, but in 20 years, uh, I'll get hauled off for it. <laughs> it's really funny, too, because hearing that line, uh, nobody's driving anybody in new business with the brothers in the ghetto, it reminds me of an airplane where they have the... Uh, like the, the speaking yeah. jive scene. Yeah. And it is so funny, like, how that's... I mean, obviously, there was, like, slang in the 70s and stuff, but how it's portrayed in TV is, yeah. like, so... Like, we're hip. We can... We know how it is. Yeah, like yeah. This, is, this is how it goes down on the street. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the, the brothers in, in the, the ghetto. ghetto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just very... Sh- and, they, and similarly, they have... Um, they portray feminism in this yes. uh, in a very strong way as well. Yeah. With um, uh, one of the also running sort of uh, things throughout the episode is there's an Italian SWAT member yes. who loves pizza. He loves pizza. He says it. <laughs> I'm not saying it. Yeah. He says it. Yeah. Um, and he, he says that he could, if he could, he'd eat pizza three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he... Uh, he, uh, the guy who's uh, has a fiance, yeah, uh, who's the publicist for the the Miss American contest. American uh, keeps inviting them out to lunch and for like double dates, and yeah. he gets stuck with a feminist girl who's a redhead, who's she, ugly, who's she's ugly. Yes, they, they, it's obvious that they're like, let's make her yeah. ugly because it's like they're at the they're at the beauty pageant like warm ups. And it's like, oh, we're going to double date. And so this guy's the Italian guy, is like, oh, you know. I can't wait. He keeps on saying, like, ooh, this is the candy store. Yeah, like, who, he's like, who's it going to be? And then it's a, a hard cut to, you know, oh, it's, it's, I've, the double date is with my feminist friend who's ugly. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. she's got, like, you know, like curly red hair and the turtleneck. And, and yeah. like, yeah. And she's just, what was she saying? She was just talking about, um, well, you know, just, oh, they shouldn't objectify women. <laughs> You know, which even that it's I, I mean, we're getting on, on very sort of meta PC now, but it but it it sort of is I, I found also insulting that like, you know, the ugly woman is of you know, complaining about the objectifying women. Right, and it's know? well it's also funny, like it's like uh in 
in uh, I watched for this uh, the Bob Newhart show, and they're talking. They keep on making jokes about like eating healthy and sprouts, uh, like and now it's like which now I feel like eating healthy and eating sprouts is totally everyday thing, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. the objectifying of women, like that conversation is fairly normal. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But y- I think when you're watching this, you're supposed to completely side with like yeah. he's, the guy is like, oh, this crazy woman, yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and, it, it, it's presented as you know. <laughs> Well, he really got jipped being stuck with the ugly girl. You know? Yeah, who, who has thoughts. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, another part of the episode that I thought was funny, and actually we sort of spoke to before when you're saying there is more dead air in yeah. life, and you could we could just look at a poster. But I love that the SWAT guy is just at one point he's just at the office <laughs> looking at an eight by ten glossy of his fiance, and black, black and white, a black and white yeah. eight by ten, and his boss, the head of the SWAT team, yeah. rather than being like, "Get back to work," what the yeah. hell are you doing? He's like. So, uh, you're getting mad. Like, oh, no, he starts putting it back in the drawer. He's like, she doesn't deserve to be locked up in a drawer. But now I wanted to ask you about that because I thought he was looking at a picture of Farrah Fawcett. Hmm. Because because the guy then says, Captain, let me ask you a question. Is it wrong? Like, should a guy get married before he's really played the field? Oh, interesting. I took it as he was, you know. Oh, we we might have to go back to the tape. (laughs) But... Either way, that would be even more strange. Yeah. But either way, it is. He was staring at me by ten glossy headshot. But it's weird that he's like uh, they're engaged, and he's like to his boss, like, "Should I get married?" Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know if marriage was. I guess. Listen, before we make fun, divorce rates are rampant. Yes. So yes, yes. maybe people should question getting married before yeah. they do, but it's weird to say that to your boss. I have worked for a lot of idiots, and I, I can't think of the boss I've had who I would actually ask that kind of question of. <laughs> do you think I should get married? You don't know my fiance at all, yeah. but... Uh... I, I When I was in high school, I worked at a movie theater, and the boss was Mr. Karras. This is just to show you the kind of leadership uh-huh. I've grown up with. Uh, and one day, somebody, uh, Marla, who's the girl in the box office, comes running out saying, Mr. Karras, someone just called in a, a bomb threat into Theater 3. They said they planted a bomb in Theater 3. And Mr. Karras took a drag of a cigarette and went, they're probably joking. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, so like, that's not a guy I would go to for advice. So, Mr. Karras, you think I should get married? <laughs> yeah, don't. What? Nah, don't. She's probably just joking. Yeah. That's really amazing. Um, So watching this after 37 years or so later, uh, what is your, what are your main thoughts on this show? How do you, how do you feel? My main, my main thoughts are that, that just, I mean, getting back to what we said with the internet, that I, I just feel like pop culture is so much cooler these days and there are just so many more cool things available to us. That something like this, something this boring would never fly today. But in 1975, 76, it's like, well, it's kind of one of the only games in town. And so, yeah, this is good. Yeah, it's also interesting that you say that because they still, even so, they chose to make this into a movie in 2003. Like... Yeah, I don't know why where the demand was. Where, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't even realize it was a TV show. I guess they were just like using properties that they must have had the rights to or something. Yeah. But like, I mean, I, I think I think the movie business has just gotten so crazy about like, um, I mean, what's the term? Like, you know, uh, pre pre identification. You know, the, the fact that if there's any sort of pre awareness, they think, oh, that's 
that's great. We have a built-in audience. And so, like, just everything is getting... Yeah, it's such yeah. a... I, I mean, what was the, the last summer? Was it the battle Battleship, the board game? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just like everything is getting turned into movies. Yeah, it's it's fairly depressing. No, nothing now, nothing like the original SWAT can exist yeah. because it doesn't have... I take it. I take back what I just said. Pop culture has gotten much, much worse. <laughs> there are no original movies being made. They're, they're, the only thing that can get uh, greenlit are these tentpole disasters. Guys, what we're saying is, is hold the mirror up. Up to society. <laughs> um, well, I... Thank you so much for introducing you, me to the to SWAT. Yes. Um, so uh, you have gonna, you have two seasons to binge watch now. Yeah, I'm going to be the second you leave. I'm just going <laughs> to get started on uh, on the rest. Every other thing that Fred Freeberger has ever written. <laughs> um, but your uh, Kindle book comes out on August twenty seventh. Twenty seventh, and it's called uh, "This Would Drive Him Crazy: a, a, a Phony Oral History of J.D. Salinger." I'll definitely be checking it out. Um, and uh, the listeners should, should as well. Yes, it's very funny. Please, 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 please read it. Please buy, and please buy it. I don't even care if you read it. Just please buy it. <laughs> I owe a lot of money to a lot of bad men. <laughs> he, you, you might have to steal an armored car and get <laughs> into your right. own heist situation. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so check that out. Thank you so much, Tom, for uh, coming you. on. All right. And uh, we'll swat it away. Now. I don't know. I tried to. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Uh, thanks again to Tom Ruprecht for coming by and introducing me to SWAT, which was amazingly insane and awesome. If you're a fan of this podcast, why not support it? Leave a review on iTunes. Uh, become a fan on It's That Episode podcast on Facebook. Or tell a friend about it. Let's you Forget the media. Forget the internet. Tell a friend in person without wearing Google Glasses. I dare you. Let's see if you can do that without Google Glasses. Um, I, I doubt it. I doubt it, you robot. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great night and an early manana. Adios, robot amigos. Amigos.